what what are the days that we remember? If I ask you what you had for lunch or dinner two days ago, we'd be, hmm. Yeah, we made something. Yeah, it was food. Well, we probably wouldn't remember because it's an everyday thing. We do that as part of our routine. It's something we do all the time. But everybody almost, if you were breathing in this room, can remember where you were on September uh, 19, 19, 9-11. How many remember that? I remember where I was when I watched the plane fly into the tower. I remember that. I remember where I was when the shuttle uh, craft blew up. And I remember hollering at my wife saying, it blew up. I remember those one days. I remember different days in, in my life. I, I remember, uh, you know, just the, the times that, uh, the, how about if you're a guy, you got your driver's license. Remember that? Girls, maybe, I don't know if they're as crazy about cars as guys are, but man, we were like, yes, we, we can drive. And you get tunes. And how many remember shooting the loop if you were in Marion? I don't know if they still shoot the loop. Somebody might have shot it already. But, I, you know, we would go around and you'd, you know, be like, yeah, hey. And we'd be sitting there and you'd crank up your tunes and you all know that. So anyway, one day, all those days stood out. Um, wedding days, days your kids were born. Turn to your neighbor and say, one day. Not all the days, you know, were like when I say 9-11, they weren't all bad. There are wonderful days. Uh, how many remember this is a day? How many remember the first when when we walked on the moon for the first time? Remember that? That wasn't Michael Jackson that did the first moonwalk. That was Neil Armstrong. That took some work for me. You should be happy. But I remember those wonderful days. Holding my kids for the first time. I remember the day I got married and I was just so tired of running. Kim kept chasing me and chasing me. She finally caught me because I said, okay, I'll marry you. That's not how it happened. (laughs) I was chasing her. Uh, But the Bible's full of stories with those two words, one day. Everybody say that again. Say one day. The most epic stories begin with those two words. The story of the leper who was healed. It began with the words one day. The child that was raised to life, one day. The paralytic with his four friends, one day. Jesus speaking to the storm, one day. And it got me thinking. That can be dangerous, but it got me thinking. If my story were in the Bible, I would want it to start with those words, one day. I mean, that's kind of epic. It Maybe you have some theme music like Last of the Mohicans or Lord of the Rings or some manly something. But those days, one day, what if your story was in the Bible? I started thinking about that and I thought, whether it said one day or not, everything that happened, happened one day. And we all have a story and that's our first thought for this morning. We all have a story. You all have a story. And it's not all alike. We don't all have the same story. We have different stories. Some are good. Some are bad. Or some started out bad, turned good. Some maybe started out good. And we just can't seem to get it back together. And I get it. I understand somewhat of all of that. But we're talking this morning about that one day. If we could introduce you to the one that could change everything. That 2,000 years ago, he had a one day so it would change everything. And it did. People that had an encounter with Jesus Christ can tell you the, the date and the time. They can tell you the place they were at. I remember when I had that one day with me and I, 
remember it felt like a ton of bricks was just thrown off my back that felt for whatever reason felt I was weighing it down and I'll tell you what changed it was not just that made me it's people that I hung around they had that one day experience and they didn't preach it to me they didn't try to condemn me because I wasn't living the way that they thought it was because of what they did and how they how they acted I could see that they were different. Something had changed in them. The way they viewed life, the way they handled themselves, the way they spoke, their their demeanor had changed. Their countenance had changed because they had had an encounter with Jesus one day. And it changed me. It changed everything. It changed my life. It changed their life. Their heart changed. All of those things changed. The eternity they were going to spend, everything has changed. Somebody shout one day. Luke 24 records the greatest one day in history. This is the first Easter. It was a day above all other days. It would change calendars, cultures. I mean, think about everything that we do measures on this one day, B.C. or A.D., before Christ or after death. It's all about this one day. It's the ultimate one day. We go back to Luke 23, 60 hours before Easter. In the final act of Jesus' life. So we'll pick it up Luke 23 and 32 through 33. It says two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. They came to a place called the skull. They nailed him to the cross and the criminals were also crucified. One on his right and one on his left. Same chapter dropped down to 39 through 43. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. The other criminal protested, don't you fear God, even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you today, you'll be with me in paradise. That's an amazing thing, and we've heard it over and over. I know I've heard it, and I've never really thought of it. I hope I'm going to pull out something that maybe you didn't think of this morning that will make this day be a one day for you. The first guy could represent a person who sees no need for God. They just, you know, you know what, I get that religious stuff, or maybe they've been shoved down their throat, or every time somebody talked, they were they felt judged or condemned. And, you know, the enemy kind of does that too. Sometimes it's not really, if we're all honest, it's not always the person. It's just a good excuse for us sometimes, if we're honest. Because it's just easier, because maybe they are overboard, so we can just use that. But this, we've all seen people like this. That's okay for you. Church is all right for you. That's not my thing. I don't want to do it. Just leave me alone, okay? Let You have your God, let me have my God, or however they want to say that. There's a teacher telling her grade school class that it's physically impossible for a story in the Bible of Jonah and the whale. She said it's, it's impossible because the whale, although it's huge, has a very small throat, and he could not swallow a human being little girl raised her hand and said the bible says that jonah was swallowed by a whale teacher was a little irritated and she went on to emphasize i'm sorry sweetie this is impossible so the little girl said well teacher when i get to heaven i'm gonna ask jonah about it the teacher was even a little more irritated and she said what if jonah isn't in heaven what if he's in hell the little girl said then you can ask him (laughs) <laughs> I 
Those two criminals that were beside Jesus on that one day, they have a story as well. It may not have been once upon a time, but their story is unfolding. We see a little bit of glimpse of it. But it helps us get to maybe our, our next thought. Our second thought this morning is sometimes the best answer is no answer. I, you ever feel like sometimes you've got to defend yourself or I want to say something. You want to, oh, I want to just explain. And no matter how hard you try, they don't receive it. And sometimes... You just feel like bum, 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 bum. You're just digging yourself in a deeper hole. Maybe I'm the only one that has ever felt that. But Jesus doesn't say anything. The one criminal, he says this. He says, you know, and he basically just mocks him. And Jesus doesn't answer him. The silence that he doesn't say. And it made me just start thinking, how many times do I wish I would have just been quiet? Have you ever said anything that you know, you hear yourself saying it and you go, wish I wouldn't have said that. Once it's out, it's hard to get back, isn't it? It's tough to get out, even if you're, or or now we live in the day of texting. Oh. Sometimes texting is hard to understand exactly the feeling behind it. Even though you can send, I guess they're called emojis. All different shapes and sizes and smileys. I don't understand etiquette for some of that stuff. I just try to be nice and happy. We live in a society that people are like, I can't believe they, well. They will send, and I'm like, I don't get it. We live in 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 an age where people are just sight and sound generation. This guy, this criminal, he's let his opinions and his attitude form him of where he is today. He's bitter. He's upset. We used to say this. I don't know if you've ever heard this thing. The cheese stands alone. If this guy's cheese, he's Limburger. Because he stinks, man. Nobody wants, I mean, he's, he's dying and he still has no grace or love in his heart. We live, I don't know, that... that I can't hardly relate to that because I've been places where people have said, I want you to pray for someone. Would you pray for this person who's a friend of a friend? And I went in there and I went into the room. They don't know who I am. I've never met them before. As soon as I walked in the room, they knew I was a Christian or I was a pastor or whatever. And I got cussed out. I mean, I got royally cussed out. Four letter words I hadn't heard before, at least in the succession I heard them. And, you know, so basically I took a card and I said, look, I'm going to just I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave a card right here. You can throw it away. You can do whatever you want with it. I'm out. He called me. Now, he was, they told him he had less than two weeks to live. He called me in two days. He, you know, when he, I remember him yelling at me, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in you. I don't believe in any of the crap you're bringing me and, and some other colorful things. And so I said, okay, I'm out. Two days, he calls me back, led him to Jesus, and now he's with him in paradise something changed to make his one day different and i start thinking about identity we all want something we all want to be we all want to feel like we care or we amount to to something and that god knows who we are and where we've been or maybe you ever feel like you're the only one going through what you're going through but you're not 
there are other people that have been through many similar things, but we're just like, God, you know, if you're a Christian and we watch sports and you score a touchdown, you're like, yeah. You see them point up to, to heaven. If, if they're, they don't like God, but they're maybe like the enemy, they're like, yeah. If you're an atheist, you know where to we all want identity. We want something to say, Lord, I'm, I'm here. Somebody show me something. We need a one day to point to the truth. This criminal, he could have heard from heaven, but he wasn't going to listen. Have you ever tried to tell somebody and they just, they're not going to listen? There's stories in the Bible where they said, let me go back and tell my friends that hell is real. Basically, they said, they're not going to listen to you. They're not going to believe it. Jesus didn't say anything because if he would have, the guy still would have had the last word. There are people that just want to argue. They're so bitter. They're filled with contention, but they could have a one day. And we have to still pray for them. What happens next was kind of shocking, I thought. Guy be on the other side of him, same bad choices. Same death sentence. On that very same one day, as one is refusing, he differs himself from the other one. He says, remember me. In the middle of a bad day, he's about to have a one day. In the middle of something that's not going really the direction he'd like it to, but he, he realizes right now, I can't get away from this, but I can change this. He separates himself from the other guy. He believes in God, and he just changed his eternity. He wasn't sinless. According to what they had said, he was reaping what he had sown. And he was being executed for those things. Now, here's our last point for this morning, and I'll spend a couple minutes on this. God's plan is best. God knows this from the beginning to the end. But as we're looking at the cross and what Christ did in the Old Testament, it was called the Day of Atonement. And if you know anything about the Bible, they would bring animals that were as perfect as they could find the animal. And the animal would be sacrificed and that blood would cover. Now, listen to me, it would cover the sins for the people. They had to, depending on what happened, this is what they had to bring. There were instructions on that. That's why Jesus, now if you remember John the Baptist, just to kind of give you a little history lesson, when Jesus came, John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Because Jesus now was the perfect sacrifice. His blood doesn't cover. See, on the Day of Atonement, that was good for a year. And then they got atoned again the next year. Jesus said, I'm doing away with all that. I'm going to take care of this. I'm not just going to cover it. I'm going to wash it away. I'm going to blow it out of the water. Turn to your neighbor and say one day. Listen, he's going to take care. No matter what you've done, no matter what situation you're in, or how you feel, condemned, convicted, guilty, maybe completely innocent. I'm not here to judge anybody. What I'm trying to tell you is we all needed that one day. Good people don't always go to heaven. Just because we say good. Sometimes bad people go. Listen how quiet it is because you're now this hear me out. Because we assume that our good outweighs our bad, so we're good. We might have done some bad things, but if we've been a good person, hey, I'll still go. That's not how it works. 
there are people just like this criminal that have been a bad person that gave their heart to Christ and had a one day and they're going to go. How does that work? How does that happen? Because I'll tell you, the criteria is not based on man's system of fairness. It's based on God's forgiveness. It's not on what we think is fair. It's on forgiveness. This is where Christianity is different from any other religion. All religions are not the same. They used to say, all roads lead to the same place. You believe what you want to believe, I'll believe what I... We all go to the same place. No, you don't. All other religions have a good behavior list that qualifies a person for heaven. Muslim, Orthodox Jew, whatever. All these rules and all of that. And we have... Now listen to this. Christianity is the only religion that has a savior. We're the only one that has a savior. We have the Ten Commandments as the best list we could come with. And, and if we study that out, those are just not that list to say, if you do these, you know, and you don't do these or whatever. Those li- that's basically to say, we need a savior because you're going to mess up. It helps us recognize how much we need Jesus. It helps us to recognize, you know what, I can't do this all on my own. I'm not perfect. I need a savior. I need that one day. Anytime God gives us something we don't deserve, the Bible calls it grace. Grace is unearned and unmerited favor of God. One day of grace is greater than a lifetime of sin. So I want you to be encouraged this morning. If you're not measuring up to your own standards, if you've said, you know, I I need to do this, I'll never do this, and you've ever failed at that, there's still grace. I'm not telling you to go out and sin. Paul says, certainly not. We can't just go do that. But what I'm telling you is when we repent, there's grace. There's forgiveness. It all goes back to one day. One day can change everything. To some of you, you've grown up in church and sometimes things just don't seem fair because we think it has to be the way that we've always known it to be. It's just been that way. So that's we're, this, we're, it's how we've, we've grown up that way. But we, this is how we do things. Now, let me listen. If you're qualified for a job and another person's qualified for a job and, and you get the job and they're more qualified for the job, you're going to be like, yes, favor, God's grace. Look at that, hallelujah. But if it was switched, you'd be like, That's not fair. Because we grade on a curve. We grade subject to what we think is fair and to our situation. Come on, you know that's true. We we tend to all do that. And I'm, I'm not exempt from that either because we look at things through our eyes. Don't they know how much I wanted that? That's not fair. But God grades on forgiveness. His judgment is just. It is fair. The Bible says there's only one way for you to get to God, for you to get to heaven, and it says Jesus is that way. There's just only one way. That is where you have your one day. I can't get there any other way. I have to go through Jesus. Let me make this just a little more real. I'm a John Wayne fan. 
So I'm going to tell you a story, pilgrim. Uh Uh-huh. I won't do it in John Wayne voice. But uh, I was watching a movie, and it was a John Wayne movie. And and back in the day, and and I'm not saying these are actual events, so so don't write me hate mail. Uh, But I think they're based off things that happened, not the actual events I'm telling you, but the way that things happened. If someone committed a crime back in that day, they got, con- they got convicted of it. They went before a judge and a jury. And if they were guilty, they got hung. And people showed up at the hangings. Especially the families of, of the person that they committed the crime. You know what I'm saying? So if they, say if they killed someone, the family of the person that was killed usually is going to be there. Because they want to see them get what's fair and do them. So I was watching that and I thought, I never thought of this. Jesus has got both these criminals right here. And this is how big Jesus is. The one criminal is mocking him and saying, oh, so if you're this, save us too. Save yourself. Of course, save us too. And the other one is, don't you fear God? And he turns to the one that he says, that says, Jesus, remember me. He says, today you'll be with me in paradise. What if you were the family of that criminal? Of the person that was, who knows what the guy did? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? And you're waiting to see this man die. And Jesus is saying, hey, today you get to go to heaven with me. There would be some shouting, hey, that's not fair. Do you know what he did? But Jesus forgave him. I mean, can we talk this morning? Our view is so much subjective to us. It's based on which side of the fairness fence we happen to be on. In a given situation. What if God would embrace our system? We would all be in a world of hurt. Nothing could be more fair than grace and forgiveness. It means everybody's welcome. It means everyone gets in the same way. This isn't a pre-qualified club. It's not about what you wear on the outside, but what you have on the inside. It means no matter what, whether you grew up in church, you're out of church, your bad habits, whatever the case, everyone is accepted. Everyone can be forgiven. God can do in a moment what you can't do in a lifetime. This is how important one day is. The Bible says this. It says that Jesus would leave the 99 to go find the one. That's pretty cool. And we we read that, we hear it, and we're like, okay, I get it. Yeah, okay. Let me bring it to you so that hopefully you can understand this. Many years ago, Kim and I went, well, we still go shopping, but this is on a shopping trip. And Mallory was two. So the worship leader that you just saw is Mallory. She was two. And we were in, I don't know what store it was, but it was a bigger store in a, in a busy mall. And Mallory was beside me, which I took Mallory everywhere I went. Our first child was a, a stillborn, so Mallory was extremely special to me. And so I, I would cart her everywhere I would go. I mean, you know, so, but she was with me and she was holding my hand. She was a daddy's girl. And, and uh, so she's right there and, and she wanted to go. And Kim was like from me to Bill away and, and she wanted to go over there by her mom, and so I let her go. And girls shop different than guys. 
girls are they shop i just like what are we getting does it involve food no i don't i don't like to this day i do not like and maybe guys is there any guys in the room i don't like to go try on clothes i don't like to when i was a kid i had to come out after i tried the clothes on to my mother that is a nightmare waiting to happen because we'd come out before school and there'd be like six or eight kids with their moms and stuff there. And my mom would come up, pull up your shirt. I don't want to pull up my shirt. Oh, you need, you need some husky jeans. Don't want that. You know what I'm saying? And you turn around and everybody's like, you can hear people. I hate that to this day. I've been married to this wonderful woman for almost 32 years. And to this day, I do not come out of the changing room. One day, maybe I will, but it ain't today. But anyway, to go on with my story, Mallory was right there. And I looked down, and she wasn't there. And I thought, well, she must be on the other side of Kim. And Kim looks over to me, and she says, where's Mallory? I said, she was with you. She is not with me. And so she says, Mallory. Cricket, cricket. There's no sound. Mallory. Now, immediately, as a man, I start scanning the store to see if I can see anybody carrying a little dark-haired girl out of the store because I'm about to go Rambo on them because I can't find her. And you can hear her voice, Mallory, 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 Brad, I can't find her, Mallory. And I am like, oh, you know, I'm ready. And this is what we hear. True story. This is what we hear. I mean, right in the, the, and we hear. And just like Moses parted the Red Sea, Kim grabs that clothes around and goes. And there's Mallory. She just grabs her hand and goes, we're going to the van. And you can just see Mallory being drugged behind. Like, oh, her party was over. Now, here's the reason I told you that story. I could have said, what's one kid will make more? We got more at home. This will be all right. So we lose one. She's not a bag of Doritos. Every ounce of my energy and concentration was on what was lost. The world had stopped. To me, I was focused on what And that's what God does. He'll leave the 99. That's how important you are. That's how important to you he is or should be because that's how important you are to him. The whole, he would do just what he did for just you. For just you. See, that's huge. Well, Brett, you mean I don't have to? And here's, here's the mindset. This is what we've, we've almost taught. We've done a terrible job as a church. We've taught our people, you need to get your life right and then, you know, get with God. Can I just tell you that's wrong? You need to get with God so that way you'll get your life right. What we do is we try to clean our fish before we catch them. And it's not even my job to clean them. You know what my job is? To tell them. You need a one day. So that's what we need. We just need to understand when we, Brett, I'm not perfect. Hey, you're looking at most imperfect. 
What I'm telling you is this. More of God, less of me. The more I get with God, the righter I get. You know? So, if, if, I'm, if I'm speaking to anybody, the more of God I have, the more better I am. I'm homeschooled, right? No. So, the best it'll be. The more I get of God, I don't have to get my... If I wait till I get everything right, and that's, the, that's a lie of the enemy. Well, I'm going to wait. I'm just going to wait till I get... I'm going to wait till I quit smoking, then I'm going to church. Smoking isn't going to send you to hell. It's not good for you. But that's not going to send you to hell. You shouldn't do it. Neither is gluttony. We shouldn't do that either. What I'm trying to tell you is just get more of God. God will take care of the other stuff. He can help get rid of smoking. He can help get rid of the other stuff. But we got to get to God for one day because he did everything to have that day for you. Now, in just a couple minutes, we're going to receive communion. Now, here's the cool thing about communion. In churches, so I'm going to, you know, if just so you understand, you don't have to be a member of church to receive communion. What the Bible says is you just need to be a member of the body of Christ. In other words, you just have to have that one day. Doesn't mean you have to be completely right. Doesn't mean you have to be, you might still have all kinds of problems. And don't we all? But we're yielding them to God. What it does mean is that, God, I'm willing to let you help me. I'm willing to give my heart to you. And he says, I can do that. So in a couple minutes, we're going to do that. And if you have never had a one day, you're going to get an opportunity in just a minute here as we're going to give an altar call to say yes to the Lord. And then for the first time, the first act that you can do as a member of the family of God, is receive communion. That's pretty sweet. That's a great thing. Because the Bible says if we don't do it and we just do it kind of flippant, then it, it, it eats and drinks judgment on ourselves because we're not regarding what it really means. But it means everything that Jesus did on that one day. That's what it means. It means everything that he did, every, every healing that you need, mental, physical, social, financial, emotional, whatever that is, he died on that one day for you. Everything you've ever done wrong before, now, tomorrow, years to come is covered. He died for that. We have to continually just, Lord, I, I just thank you for it. And we stay in front of him and repent. I get it. But it's all happened on that one day. And that's what that particular meal represents. Honoring him for what he did 2,000 years ago. And you can do it with a clear conscience. It doesn't mean you, you're holy and it doesn't mean that your halo lights up, you know. And this just means that you're like, you know what? I'm a work in progress. I don't know about you, but I'm a work in progress. Not perfect. But man, I, I sure serve somebody that is. And to know that he would find me if I was lost. I'm asking you this morning, if you're here today and you feel like you're chest is just pumping and your heart's in there saying it's time it's time this is really painless it's just saying god i'm just gonna let you do it because if i were to ask you is it working what you're doing you know sometimes we'll think oh man if i just get let me just get through the service i can go home you can i'm not going to chase you because this is a choice just like those thieves on the cross this is a choice but i can tell you the people that 
helped me find mine one day. I saw them change. I just saw them change. I wasn't always a pastor. I just saw them change. And the people that helped me find my one day are in this room today. My sister's back there and her husband. I was a good kid in school. I was. I I really didn't cause any trouble. I helped people as much as I could. I'd see bullies pick on people. I'd go pick on bullies to tell them to leave them alone or whatever. I would go to her house. I'm glad you're sitting down. They probably don't care. I'd go to her house because I'd go there, and my mom and dad would not know, and they had beer. I'd go to their house and drink beer. Jeff would just say, yeah, go help yourselves right in there. I'd just go to the refrigerator, and I'd get a beer. I'd go sit down, sit with them, and, you know, and you might be like, you'll get over it. And then something happened. The Lord was looking for them. And, you know, someday I'll let Jeff give his testimony, but it's pretty incredible. And he came home after a series of events, and he told my sister, he said, we got we to gotta do something about this. And they called the minister, and the minister came over, and, and my sister said, if you're doing this, we're doing this together. And they got saved. Now, I didn't ask him to get saved. Matter of fact, if I would have taken a vote, I'd said, don't do that. Because you're my free beer. I never, I, I wasn't a drinker or anything like that. I mean, I just would drink one with Jeff or something like that. That's been so many years ago. But I'm just telling you, I didn't live a perfect life. But this is what happened. Now, listen to me and understand. I watched from that one day experience my brother-in-law I would take a bullet for him change from this to this I watched my sister change from this to this they didn't shove it in my face they didn't jam it down my throat but they were going to tell me if i wanted to know they were going to tell me and i couldn't stop them from doing i'd see them i'd come over i'd come over at random times and sometimes i came over just to see if i could catch them not doing what they they had changed to do and i'd come in and there would be my sister jeff would be at work and she'd have the bible laid out on her lap sometimes she'd be asleep but she would be there and that bible would be out there she didn't know i was coming and every time before we'd ate she'd say hey let's just thank god for for just blesses this food and and jeff would just i mean you, you you don't even know i would go over to their house and i could go to their house and leave and he wouldn't even speak to me and my sister would come down because she'd be upstairs you know and come down she'd go where brett and he'd go i don't know, guess he left and she'd go jeff i don't know you know what they said after that but then god did something to him And I watched this big giant with this huge heart. I remember him praying for me. And I'm like, "Ah." I almost feel like, I don't know if I want you to do that. But something was different because there was a one day. And that one day changed me. So one time I quit running. 
You know, I gave you the story that Kim chased me and chased me. Uh, you know, that didn't happen. But that day, I felt like I finally said, God, I'm going to quit running. And it was January 2nd, 1980. I went to the one person at that point that I, like, trusted and still, you know, is one of my most incredible as my sister. I went to her house because that's, I saw the change in her and her husband. And I said, I, I don't know where you're at, what this Jesus, I mean, I've been raised in church, and so I knew about God, and I knew the story. But I said, I, something's not, something's different. Whatever you have, I want, because I hurt. And I don't want to hurt anymore. And that day, everything changed. My mom worked for the city of Marion, and I remember calling her to say, Mom, I got saved. I gave my heart to God. And my mom was crying on the phone in front of all the clerk of courts over at City Hall. She was just, she was wonderful. Right why you tell me that? Because I'm telling you, there's a one day for each of you. If you've already had that day, I, I, awesome. But if you've never had that day, I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes.